2: morning and welcome to Morning Scoop for Wednesday, October 20th. This is your daily Buckeye Fix. I'm Tom Orr. The Indiana game is in three days. The game against Michigan in 38 days. On Tuesday, we got a chance to talk to Ohio State head coach Ryan Day, Ohio State offensive line coach Greg Stabora, and Ohio State linebackers coach Al Washington. There's a lot of interesting stuff that came out of those interviews, so I'm joined this morning, this morning by Buckeye Scoop's Kevin Noon. He was also there. Uh, Kevin, I think one of the interesting themes that we heard from a couple different people was sort of starting over, going back to basics. That was sort of the theme for Ryan Day as far as, you know, sort of what they did during their bye week. Um, And we also heard it in kind of an interesting, uh, another interesting context in terms of defensive staff. Let's start with the, uh, let's start with the, uh, you know, just sort of the bye week. What what did, you know, this is, this is Ohio State's version of the, what I did over my summer vacation. So what did Ohio State do over their, uh, their off week between uh, the Maryland game and the Indiana game? If
1: you focus on yourself, you focus on getting better. You you don't wanna break routines. Things were working well. I mean, obviously not for the Oregon game, but since then they started to get into a routine, so they didn't wanna get away from Okay, we're going to do you know Monday helmets, Tuesday practice, Wednesday practice, you know, kind of do shells on Thursday. I mean, we did find out last week during the open week that they were not doing a practice on Saturday, but then they come back to this week and they continue in that same routine. So we'll expect to see a good Tuesday practice. Well, we won't see it, yeah. but they'll go through a good <laughs> Tuesday practice, Wednesday practice, and then kind of decelerate into Thursday, and then get themselves in location to you know play in Sat- on Saturday night in Bloomington.
2: Yeah, there, there was a lot of sort of going back, like, self-scout kind of stuff. That's a, that's something you often will hear teams talk about doing during that off week, you know, identifying tendencies, identifying, like, you have time to sort of go back and check your work. You're not in the absolute grind of the season, which helps a lot. Um, but, yeah, the, the interesting thing to me about that was, you know, Day talking about how they, they're not used to the routine. This is such a young team that these guys, like, weren't used to the routine of the season yet. And you know, even the coaches, like last year, there was no routine in 2020. So he said, like, even some of the coaches at the beginning of the season weren't used to the routine of the season. And, you know, I think that's probably true in a lot of places. But with as many teams as have veteran guys back, And as much as Ohio State's relying on the young guys this year, that seems like that might be something that's impacting them more than a lot of programs might.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and you're right. 2020 was a complete wash. I mean, you didn't know if you were going to play. I mean, heck, last year I was in Illinois ahead of the team (laughs) only to have the game canceled. So I certainly saw how everything was just kind of thrown out the window there. But you do have a team with young guys at several positions because you know we're talking not just guys that are first year in that situation but second year in that situation as well. So, you know, you just you just don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And they get into a situation this year of where you start on a Thursday night, so week one is a little weird. And then you have an extra two days for week two. Mm -hmm. So that's a little weird. Mm -hmm. So your first chance of really trying to get things Write it in terms of just a normal schedule is week three. You look at that, that was Tulsa. It was still a little wonky. Then they get into week four, and granted, it's only Akron. You know, drink, you know, it's only Akron. But at that point, they start to get into a routine, you know, four, five, six, and now you go into the open week. So I think the open week fell at a pretty good time for them. You hate to see the break in momentum, but I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to be too big of an issue for them.
2: Yeah. All of these young guys trying to get into the rhythms, get into, you know, finding their roles, getting comfortable in their new roles. One of those guys is C.J. Stroud. Like anytime you have a, you know, redshirt freshman starting quarterback, had never thrown a pass before this year. I mean, there's there's a lot of new stuff for him to get used to. Plus he had the shoulder injury. There's been a lot of stuff going on with him. But, you know, when Day was asked about him and, and you know, what what are the keys to – actually developing as a young quarterback. Like there's a bunch you know, there's the on field stuff, you gotta put into work, all that kind of stuff. But he said, you know, this is a phrase we've heard him use before, you can't ride the roller coaster. And it sounds like CJ Stroud's kind of getting increasingly more comfortable with just sort of like being more even keel and not riding that roller coaster.
1: Yeah, even though every time I've seen to CJ Stroud, I mean, he's been, you know, if 10 is off the rails and one is catatonic, he's always kind of been around a five Mm -hmm. to me. But, you know, we only see him in very limited settings. So it's very encouraging for Ohio State that he, you know, things that we're not seeing there, that he's able to kind of withstand the highs, withstand the lows. Become more of a vocal leader, if you will. Uh, things, things that you need out of your quarterback, and that doesn't necessarily mean that C.J. Stroud has to come out there and just and, and throw it on the table and say, "I'm J.T. Barrett now." In terms of leadership qualities but you do need your quarterback to be one of the leaders out there more even more so than just leading by example i think that that of anything in terms of positions you need your quarterback to find his voice and i think that voice is starting to come through
2: yeah and that's easier once you've started to throw passes started to throw touchdowns started to win games started to win the big 10 freshman of the year award every single week like that that you know being a leader is a lot easier once you have a little bit of an on-field track record which you know, can only come with playing. Uh, one other quarterback that you know, it feel like we get we we ask about him like every two weeks or so, and uh, you know, it's it's something that everyone always wants to know. So, uh, give us a Quinn Ewers update.
1: He ain't ready yet. I mean, but you know, to go into more <laughs> details there, and we do. I mean, through a lot of our live shows, we have we have uh, subscribers and friends of the show that are always mm-hmm. asking about him. He's getting there, mm-hmm. but remember, he didn't have a spring practice with Ohio State. Heck, he didn't have a summer practice he came in you know he he came in during fall camp multiple days in so it wasn't a situation of where he had the opportunity to learn to be a college football player he didn't have a lot of time to learn to be a college student. I mean, he got thrust right into that situation. So not having all of that, having one less season of high school football, and I know that there are guys on the team like Trevion Henderson who didn't have a senior season, but they they had the benefit of a lot of time on the Ohio State campus to make up for some of that deficiency. So I think it was a real big ask to expect Quinn to come in here and be taking snaps away from the number two or the number three quarterback. Ryan Day did say, you know, maybe come, bowl practice over the winter things will things things will finally be there but ultimately i just see i see a lot of issues if they were to try and thrust him in there right now especially if he's not ready you need to sit there and you know i know everybody's very excited about him i know he's got all these nil deals and everything else Mm -hmm. be patient buckeye fans Mm -hmm. it'll work out
2: yeah he he's you know the answer has been very consistent from ryan day it's not like well he's kind of close it's like he's not ready he's just he's not ready and I mean, it makes sense when you think about it. He is, he should be a senior in high school. This is a pretty good Big Ten, like this is, and he and he got here very, very late. Like that's, you have seen guys sort of enroll a year early, like J.T. Daniels did that, or not uh, uh, the kid at South Carolina a million years ago who ended up transferring. Um, anyway, doesn't matter. We're not here to talk about South Carolina football. No. The, uh, they, they, you know, that's that's a tough transition for for a guy, and then you add in coming over the summer, it's like. You, you understand why the answer is what the answer is. One of the things that is sort of a, a common thread through a lot of these press conferences is the themes of the day are shaped around who you're talking to, which makes sense. Right. So we talked to Greg Stodrara today, and that meant there was a lot of offensive line talk. Um, one thing that I thought was kind of interesting, you were talking earlier about the routines, and you're finally getting into the routine for the Tulsa game. Well, not exactly, because we did. seen Greg Stodrara was not at the Tulsa game. And, uh, you know, we'd heard sort of back issues and back surgery. He uh he coached most of that week but then had surgery on like a Thursday and was out till the next Monday and he had you know was asked like so what was it like watching a game on T V and had a very you know Stud is uh, Stud is a wordsmith in uh, in a lot of ways, and uh, just t- tell us about uh, what that gate, what was that like for uh, Greg, St- Greg Stadwara to have to watch a game on TV?
1: Uh, frustrating, <laughs> I think, is about the best way I can put it. But uh, tr- reaching for his phone, calling numbers of you know that were not going to be answered because the game was going on. Uh, probably some some very flowery language going mm-hmm. on. I think the phone may have been thrown once or twice or thrice. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he you know, certainly was dealing with a pretty you know, significant you know, back injury, so he probably had some powerful meds, and mm-hmm. he probably <laughs> needed those powerful meds because you get used to being in the midst of it all for all this time. And then not only are you not you know, not in your familiar position during the game, you're not in the stadium, you're in an incredible amount of pain, you're dealing with a quote-unquote bleeding back. I mean, you know, I couldn't imagine a bigger hell than what he was going through at that point.
0: Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Boyd, were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Yeah, that doesn't, doesn't sound like a lot of fun the way he was describing it. And, you know, this is not the first time Ohio State's had a coach like this. Ryan Day had, to, had missed a game last year. You had, I think, other assistants missed games at various points last year. But, you know, the, the good piece of that is that because of all the nonsense that everyone had to go through last year, well, now they have the infrastructure in place to actually be able to accommodate that. Like right. if coaches aren't there, they have, you know, they have figured out all the stuff you needed to figure out. So now Gregor Estaduaro said he was in the recovery room after surgery and he's on, you know, he's on his iPad, like zoomed into a meeting and like talking to the lineman, like as he's in the recovery room after surgery.
1: Right. And, you know, unfortunately, it took just such a huge episode like. What you know, COVID for mm-hmm. for that infrastructure to be put into place. But now that infrastructure is in place, and I don't think we're ever going to see people truly getting away from it because it does mm-hmm. it does open up a lot more opportunities. And I think if there was a position where Ohio State was probably best suited for a lot of this, it is offensive line mm-hmm. because they do they have more than five starters. They have. Depth. They have leadership. I mean, while you have a young guy like Paris Johnson, you've got old vets like Thayer Munford and Nick Petit Friere. I mean, while you got a young guy like Luke Whipler. I mean, you've got other guys. So I, I think that it's. I, I think if there was a position of where they were well insulated, it was mm. that. And and you know they didn't really talk about Parker Fleming, but. Par, or, The um, Kennedy Cook, Kennedy Cook. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I eh. (laughs) Kennedy Cook is, you know, he's been a great uh, G.A. And I think that his ability to really work with that unit has, you know, paid off. And while Mm -hmm. you don't want to be without your position coach, Mm -hmm. having Kennedy there certainly was a good situation Mm -hmm. for them.
2: Yeah. And, you know, you you talked about some of the older guys. Let's talk about Matt Jones. Matt Jones was you know, a a big topic of conversation because he is that sixth offensive lineman. And he lets them do stuff that you just, you know... So One of the questions today was basically, like, you always hear coaches talking about wanting to sort of rotate guys through, and they never actually do it. Well, Ohio is actually doing it this year, and it sounds like that's a function of Matt Jones. Like, Matt Jones was the number one center in his class. This is not like someone who's, you know, come out of nowhere to do this, but it sounds like he just... There was a lot of off-field stuff he had to just sort of work through and, and just put in the work and get, get used to, you know, what you had to do, be prepared... And once that happened, he's turned into, like, a really valuable piece for this offensive line now.
1: Well, and the funny thing, too, is that you sit there and there's so much talent, so much depth on the offensive line. You have all these guys, and... You can only have five of them out there at a time, realistically, unless you're Minnesota or Nebraska, and mm-hmm. you're putting seven or eight of them. But, you know, generally you're going to have five of them out there. So anybody that isn't seeing the playing time immediately is put in the portal by the fans. Oh, mm-hmm. Matt Jones is going to be in the portal. Oh, Dewan Jones, who I'm sure we'll talk about mm-hmm. in a second, he's going to be in the portal. I had people already telling me where he was going to go. They were so mm-hmm. sure that he was gone. But, you know, Matt Jones, maybe a little unheralded as a recruit, despite being ranked pretty well. You know, it's, it's easy to lose track of offensive linemen, whether they're recruits or players, unless they're jumping offside or, in, or false starting or something. You generally don't think about them all that much. But now Matt Jones really creates this situation of where if you're trying to just boil it down to your best five, how do you have a best five without Matt Jones in there?
2: Yeah, and he's, he can slot in in a couple different places. We talked to Stud about, you know, the... When Dewan Jones went down, Nick Petit Frere just kind of like raised his hand, like, oh, I'll just move back over to right tackle. And then you just moved there out to left guard and, and and left tackle. And then Matt Jones at left guard, and boom, all, all set. And, you know, Matt Jones is also serving as the backup center. That's something that uh, Stud talked about. He hasn't played in games. They've, had, they've always had Toby Wilson in there with the second team because he doesn't want Matt Jones to get hurt on some stupid play when they're up by 50 points. So he so said he's been working on it a lot in more controlled situations and practices just to. You know, get those snap, those reps with snaps and all that kind of stuff. but He doesn't want to put him in a chance where, you know, he gets he gets hurt on some stupid play that doesn't mean anything late in the game. So,
1: right like Demetrius Knox did, like mm-hmm. it, like in the yeah, final yeah. series against Michigan one year.
2: Yep. Yeah, that was that was yeah the last that was in eight 2018 and they were you know it was like the last touchdown they scored or something. Demetrius Knox broke his had a Liz Frank injury in his foot and then uh, White Davis had to go into the uh, play the Rose Bowl so. Yeah, that was uh, you don't want to you don't want to have like you don't want an injury, but you definitely don't want a like stupid unnecessary injury. Right. So that makes sense. DeWan Jones, I mean, he is he has been this like revelation this year for Ohio State. He was someone who you know when when we had a line in our heads that this is what the offensive line was going to look like. He was the one who was not in there, and then he's been great. I mean, he's he's graded out well. It sounds like he's been grading a champion semi-consistently, and there's you know the. Uh, public facing like pff type grades he's generally grading out pretty well on those but you know for him it was never a question of like does he have the size like yes he has the size and does he have the athleticism yes he has the athleticism it's been more a question of does he love football enough to really put in the time and put in the work and you know i think it was i think it was ryan day as was asked like when did you know that you know, he, he really was bought in on football, and it was like, yeah, yeah, about a year ago. Like, yeah. <laughs> he had been here as an Ohio State football player for a while, and it was like, you know, there was still a little touch and go maybe in terms of how bought in he was, but, you know, I, I, DeJuan Jones is just like, he's one of those people, those players that everyone just loves because he's like a big, he's, you know, I think I think we were told a couple weeks ago it was the biggest jersey that Nike had ever made was DeJuan Jones' jersey, so, but he is, you know, it seems like, he has gone from basketball player who also plays football to he's a football player now.
1: I know, but I am here for Big Thanos, mm-hmm. Dewan Jones, <laughs> to suit up for a game in February for Chris Holtman and mm-hmm. the Buccas. I'm here for that, mm-hmm. but I don't think we're going to get to see that. No. I don't think that Ryan Day and Greg Stubara are going to want any backtracking on all the effort and all mm-hmm. the work that has been put in with Dewan Jones to get him where he's at right now. Mm-hmm. But, yes, he was somebody who... You know, I've watched I've watched the highlight videos of his basketball, and mm. it's pretty impressive. I mean, no, he's no Spud Webb or anything in terms of there, but the fact that he can bring the ball up the court, just you know, he ha- he has a shot. He's just not somebody who who hangs out in the paint and just you know throws elbows. I mean, he's a skilled basketball player, and it was a matter of being able to get the buy-in that you could be a, you could be a really good football player, and. As I'd said earlier, I mean, he was somebody that I had heard from multiple people. Yeah, he's gone. I mean, don't count on seeing him in 21. He's, you know, he's not going to get his opportunity. And then once everything kind of shook out, you know, he he moves into right tackle. And he's, you know, played very well. PFF has had him ranked pretty well. Some of these other stats have had him rank really well. And from everything that Stud told us, Ohio State has him ranked really well
0: no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for
2: details. Yeah, I mean, they, they, you know, they have other guys. This is not. He's playing because they have, you know, he has to play. He's playing because they want him to play. They have five, five other guys. They could very easily just slide Matt Jones in at left guard, kick Munford back out to left tackle, Petit fur over to right tackle. Like, DeJuan Jones has earned that spot in the starting lineup. Um, a couple quick injury updates: Cam Brown, Haskell Garrett. They you know didn't go into any details. It was like, do you expect to get them back this week? Yes. Okay. There's the answer on that. Um, the last person we talked to was linebackers coach Al Washington. It feels like it's been a while since it's we talked been a to minute. Al Washington. It's been yeah. A minute. He has had a very interesting room because he had the you know the departures in the span of like what five days or six days of Dallas Gant and Kayvon Pope, and you know that that is the kind of thing that could really create major issues in the linebacker room. It sounds I mean at least based on what Washington told us, like that didn 't create an issue you know everything was kind of like just forward focused in that room, and it you know he he said like i love I love Kayvon. he's still they he, they're still trying you know communicates with them and and so it sounds like you know that didn't go down exactly the way you would want it to go down, no, but uh, no. it sounds it sounds like that you know that that, that has not caused any sort of long term issues in that room
1: right, and then that 's a big thing with you know a room that is so thin. But you know, and you lose two guys that have waited their time, and you know you expect them to come in and be leaders of the room. And you know they go in that they decide that they need to go find other opportunities. It'd be very easy for that room to fall apart, and it didn't fall apart. And Mm -hmm. you know everything that was said was very positive. I mean, you still have guys like Taraja Mitchell who are there who can provide leadership in the room. But you know they weren't making any. You know they weren't dancing around the issue that they're very thin in terms of the number of scholarship Mm -hmm. guys. Uh, Reed Carrico, a true freshman, he's he's getting close to maybe being ready to start seeing some playing time. But you know. Of these next six games, four of them are really huge, so mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the time you are going to be able to trot somebody out for their first collegiate action, mm-hmm. but, yeah, you know, the numbers The numbers are small, but, you know, Ohio State's linebacker room, despite all the reports out there that say otherwise, didn't fall fall apart.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, you mentioned six scholarship linebackers. One of them is Reed Carrico, who really has not played except maybe on special teams. Uh, and then the, uh, you know, Paula Ienaoteote, who's a transfer from USC, missed a bunch of time this summer because they didn't want to give him a ton of reps because it was like is the NCAA going to rule him eligible or not so you know he's kind of coming from behind a little bit uh in on that front but uh you know Washington on a couple when we were talking to him about a couple different people said yeah expect him to play more in the in the you know second half of the season it's like yeah I bet you do because there's a whole bunch of reps out there right um you know last guy I wanted to talk to you about with Steel Chambers you know there's like there's no there's no like normal normal pass to the field in that linebacker room for some reason. Tragede Mitchell waited 3 years and now is a captain. Paula Eanatoe transfers. You know, you have you have uh you know, Tommy Eikenberg and, and uh uh Cody Simon who really didn't play a whole half, heck of a lot and now are starters like now. And then you have Steel Chambers who was a running back until like four months ago, right. and is now, you know, every time we, every time we talk to someone about Steele Chambers, they talk about how instinctive he is, and, you know, Al Washington was asked, when did you know Steele Chambers was going to be like, you're, yeah, he's going to be okay at linebacker, and it sounds like, you know, you, you might think, like, oh, I don't know, week three, week four was like, no, it was like one of the scrimmages over the summer, like, he just immediately was like, oh, yeah, no, I got will be fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had the opportunity to see him play in high school a little bit, I mean, he was a two-way player, as most guys are in high school, outside of a few positions, and honestly, a good number of his uh, his offers came as a linebacker. He came to Ohio State because Ohio State saw him as a running back. But even then I said, uh, let's slow our roll. He may end up at linebacker at some point. And then, you, you know, the years start ticking by. I'm like, eh, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> well, i am pr- proven to be right on this one. But I'm going to sit there and say that I certainly have the timing wrong on it because he is a very instinctive guy in terms of the way that he plays. I mean, I just think that he has the opportunity to be more unique at linebacker than he had at running back, just based on Ohio State's running back recruiting and everything else. And I certainly think that Steel Chambers could be a very successful running back at a different program, but it just wasn't going to work out at Ohio State. But. You don't want to bring somebody in, then two weeks in, it's like, okay, well, we're moving you because mm-hmm. that, that kind of stuff reflects in recruiting. It looks bad. So he needed to kind of come to that decision, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, stranger things have happened. You know, we mm-hmm. also saw Zach Boren move from fullback to linebacker. Mm-hmm. So, you know, things, things happen through the years. So it, it's, not, it's not like it's something that's completely unprecedented, mm-hmm. but it's certainly rare.
2: Yeah, and, and it's a little bit unprecedented, or almost unprecedented, for someone to come in and have that kind of immediate impact. You know, position changes, like, sure, all the time. Tormenta Hamilton was a tight end, and now he's a uh, now he's a defensive end, and, like, we've seen him, he had a sack in one of the recent games, and Cade Stover was a linebacker, and then he was a defensive end, and now he's a tight end, and now he's, like, catching passes. Like, I mean, this is this is not, but it's for someone to go, you know, this quickly you know, in the span of a couple months to be like, oh, and now he's like a really contributor and like maybe one of the best linebackers on the team. That's that's pretty remarkable.
1: Yeah, I was going to say the last, and that's why I brought up the Zach Boren mm-hmm. situation, which was, you know, really happened at the Indiana game, going to Indiana, 52-49, mm-hmm. real mess. But mm-hmm. uh, that's the last time I can remember somebody stepping into a different role being pressed into a different role Mm -hmm. and being an immediate impact so that's you know that we're talking several years at that point so it's not a it's not an everyday occurrence
2: yeah and and you go back and you you, those guys pop it's like Zach Boren like Chris Gamble getting thrown into the to the uh, cornerback room I mean those guys pop in your mind because that is not an easy thing to do so that's that's pretty remarkable that Steel Chambers is able to do it so uh, speaking of the NDA and a game guess where we're going to be this weekend Indiana? You're not going to believe it, but we are going to be in Indiana. I'm so excited. That's the first time anyone's ever said those words in that order before. Uh, we will be in Indiana uh, Friday afternoon for our, uh, to start our coverage of the uh, the Buckeyes and the Hoosiers. We'll be in Bloomington Friday at, Friday evening and uh, do a little Scoop Eat segment. A Scoop Eat segment yeah. from Bloomington? Yeah, we'll do a Scoop Eat segment. We'll, we're planning on doing a little uh, live Friday night show. That's sort of turned into a new like thing that people seem to enjoy, so we'll probably do a uh, live Friday show pregame show on Saturday full coverage of the game at Buckeyescoop.com and then of course our post game coverage afterwards as well so that should be fun make sure you uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash Buckeyescoop if you're watching this on YouTube just hit that bell that'll subscribe you to our channel and the notified every time we start doing uh, live interviews we'll have more live interviews Wednesday night we're going to be uh, we get to talk to a bunch of Ohio State players Wednesday night and then uh, we'll have those, li- all those live shows pre and post game shows interviews after the game all that good stuff all at YouTube.com slash Buckeyescoop that'll do it for today thank you guys all for joining us Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.